welcome back. We are going to just dive right on in today because I've actually been wanting to make these next like three podcasts really badly for a long little while. And yeah, so we're just, we're going to dive right on in to where PTSD came from for like my personal PTSD, where it came from. And specifically today, we're talking about your brain, my brain, my brain that had the PTSD that still has it. I'm working on the PTSD and my brain. So we're talking about brainwashing. Yes, our favorite absolute favorite topic to talk about. I just wanted to explain a little bit about everything I learned about how the brain works, how the neurons are fired, the synapses, all that fun stuff. So, I mean, if like this is going to be boring for you, you could just skip this episode. (laughs) I prefer you to listen to it, but I know this isn't like everybody's cup of tea. I find this, this stuff's my jam. This is like so interesting to me. I can spend hours just like looking up how the brain works. So I'm going to share it with you, what I have learned. So generally brainwashing, we think of brainwashing in this way that is very like, doo doo doo, you know, like weird stuff's going on. And yeah, it's it's pretty fucking weird. But uh, I specifically wanna talk about how it works in this cult setting, how it works with PTSD, that kind of stuff. So I'm gonna talk about the science, how trauma affects the brain. I personally am pulling from the adaptive information processing model. That is a model that was developed by Dr. Shapiro. Yay, we love female doctors. Um, She did develop EMDR. So at the end of the episode, we're going to talk a little bit more about that. But um, yeah, she came up with these ideas in the 80s, um, did her research behind them. And, and, you know, this is why we have this great implementation today. So Dr. Shapiro, uh, she did theorize that your brain stores normal and traumatic memories differently. Um, So yeah, we're talking about basically the amygdala. That is the part of your brain that develops first. It's like the oldest part of the human brain. It was the first thing it developed. That's why we like colloquially refer to it as the lizard brain. Um, Because, you know, it's like it's very reptilian, very old. Um, This is the part of your brain that controls your fight or flight response. Um, And like oddly enough, of all the things to control like your decision making. The amygdala is responsible for, they estimate about like 90% of your decision making. I mean, that's pretty fucking insane because you are making 90% of these decisions based off of like your fight or flight responses, right? Like what stimuli comes into that part of the brain and it decides to see it as safe or unsafe. So, We do have to give it its credit, credit where due, because this has kept us safe over, you know, centuries, like thousands and thousands of years that humans have been, that the earth was forming evolution, you know, like it goes back to this idea that like in order for us to evolutionize, that we were able to develop into our very human form here, 
we had to like first survive. We had to stay alive. So the amygdala is what developed first, obviously, to keep us alive. Our species was able to keep going. Which, I mean, if you like really think about it, it's kind of the same thing when you think about like generational trauma, how trauma can literally be like chemically passed down from person to person. It's all part of this evolutionary science that, you know, like your parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, they all survived their own things. Like if you think about stuff that's gone on, like wars, all like all these different things that these people have had to live through, it has altered the chemistry state of their brain. And they have passed it on to us um, to... In, in an effort to help us to survive. We do know that this part of our brain, keep, brain keeps us safe. It's important. We, we gotta have it. We gotta, you know, it's very important to our life. It's the part that's going to process like fear. And like I said, taking out outside stimuli and detecting whether it's a threat or not. And whether people like it or not, gaslighting or like these cult-like practices that I'm going to be talking about, these are definitely threats. Your brain perceives threats. It's not stupid. It's been doing this for a billion, billion years, right? Like that is a threat. It perceives it as a threat. So, and if you, if you're wondering a little bit more about what I mean by gaslighting, I'm, I'm talking about the fact that these models or these These cult models are put in place to cause you to question your reality and cause you to question your sanity. Um, So it really creates this distrust of, of yourself. You can no longer rely on yourself. You distrust yourself because you're questioning whether or not you are a reliable source. Um, And to put it very plainly, gaslighting is a form of psychological abuse. It's time to take it very seriously. Uh, so yeah, as the as as a result of this trauma, the brain does not store the memory of the traumatic event, like Dr. Shapiro said, um, in a way that allows for you to heal. So when this uh, this trauma, when this event, this memory gets stored into that traumatic place in your brain, because your brain is trying to keep you safe from it. Um, it becomes like an open wound. So the energy can't pass through, the healing can't happen, and it literally is like an open wound. It sits and it festers. So due to it not healing then, your brain doesn't get the message ever that the danger is done. Your brain feels that danger like lodged up there, still stuck, and you think that you're in constant danger all the time. So what is your lizard brain doing? It's, it's saying, holy shit, we're in a lot of danger, like all of the time. This is an unsafe place. What we're doing is unsafe. So it puts you into a constant flight or fight mode, okay? I think everybody knows generally about like fight and flight. Um, but really what this is, is your body goes into overdrive. So your brain is saying, we're unsafe. We need to kick it up so that we can react to any sense of threat immediately, right? Lizard brain thinking we're going to fight or we're going to run, like one or the other. So that does some very real things to the chemical processes in your body then. 
just like three main ones, you're going to have an increased blood pressure. You're going to have boosts of adrenaline sent through your body. And also they're going to slow down the digestion because, um, you know, the opposite of fight or flight is rest and digest. Um, so you can't digest while you're using that adrenaline when you're trying to either fight for your life or, or, um, run away for it. So the energy that takes up or the, the energy that is being taken up by your digestion, which is a lot, it takes a lot of energy to do that, um, goes to other parts of the body, like your legs for running, for example. So obviously those are, like I said, just a few symptoms. Um, you can imagine what blood pressure increases adrenaline shots and um, not being able to digest is going to do to you, especially if you're in this position for a long term, which is what I was. It was it was years and years of my life that I was in this predicament, not recognizing it, obviously. So it's going to create some very widespread symptoms for anybody experiencing stuff like this. It's It's going to be different in it's going to vary slightly um but generally speaking you will see most likely these few things uh anxiety and depression because look at your brain it's it's got an imbalance of chemicals adrenaline here this that cortisol all this stuff is going to become imbalanced right leading to anxiety and depression but also you're going to have a very physical response as well so Poor metabolism. Obviously, your digestion isn't working. <laughs> uh, poor immune spot. Uh, excuse me. Poor immune response is another one. Uh, the inability to think. Obviously, you're using other, like the other parts of your brain, like the ones you would use for logic and emotion processing. Yeah, they're offline because you are in this mode. Like I said, the lizard brain is trying to keep you safe. Um, you're gonna have probably a lot of exhaustion and inability to sleep. Uh, So basically, your body just isn't able to shut down, rest and digest, right? So you're exhausted. Nothing is working right. The systems in your body aren't able to connect in the way that they should. It never gets a break, right? Not even when you're sleeping. Your brain is still working on all this stuff. So as long as you stay in this um, fight or flight mode, aka as long as you stay in the unsafe place that you are in, and when I say unsafe place, that also means emotionally. So it can be like, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be a physical, like a lack of physical safety. It can just purely be emotional safety. So just as your body is going to react from like an injury, your brain becomes sensitive towards things that can bring back those memories of those traumas, right? It's it's going to get sensitive to anything that's going to further fester that wound or poke at it, right? So these are what we are going to call, like this is what's called triggers. Uh, This can occur for both kinds of memory. So you have memories that you remember, and then you also have suppressed memories, ones that aren't brought to the forefront of your mind. You can't remember them right now. Um, Whether the memories are suppressed or they are um, their forefront, you are able to remember them. Uh, The injury remains an open wound, so it's going to cause pain and injury. So all I'm saying by that, what I mean is, is just that even if you have these suppressed memories, 
Like, obviously, if you can remember something traumatic and then, you know, you get that poke at it, (laughs) poke at the wound, the little trigger, obviously you can maybe connect those dots a little better over time. It becomes more difficult to connect those dots and really understand why you're unfeeling safe and how, how to fix this if they are suppressed memories. So, like, some people's brains choose to put things so far back in the log that, like, it's the only way I can keep myself safe by literally not remembering what happened, right? Because it is an open wound and we don't want anything poking at it. So that's kind of the idea of where EMDR comes in, right? Um, In a literal sense, EMDR helps to calm your overactive amygdala so that your brain waves can get a chance to synchronize bring those body systems back in, have the body heal itself naturally, process that energy, expel it, right? So thus, that's going to help you reprocess your traumatic memory. EMDR stands for Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing. Like I said, all created by Dr. Francine Shapiro. Um, It is a type of psychotherapy that's used specifically in treating like emotional distress related to trauma, traumatic memories. Um, So it's perfect for people with PTSD. It was developed in the 80s. She used it as a way to treat patients dealing with PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. So um, I do have a whole page on my website all about EMDR. Um, you can, it, it gives you a little insight into like what a session would look like, the science behind EMDR further than what I'm talking about now, why it works, why it's more impressive maybe, or a better option specifically for these kinds of symptoms, um, than other forms of therapy and the kind of success rates it has. It has amazing success rates. So if you are at all interested in doing therapy, I mean, the majority of us we're just humans living in a very human world so like you probably could use something like this uh and process anything from childhood even to like the current situations you're living in it's very helpful i do recommend it um but anyways the idea now is that you get to this point where you're whether through emdr or other practices you are able to deal with this PTSD and calm down that amygdala, resynchronize the body systems, so your body gets to a place where it can start to finally feel safe. So that's that's basically what happened to me. I quit Mormonism, and if if you listen to the earlier pod, earlier podcasts, I talked about how I left finally. Like it was it's kind of like a slow process of getting out officially but once I officially was out I was like so excited I felt happy I, I didn't feel any regret and then I fell completely ill it was like so sudden and um or it felt sudden to me and I just like literally you know you you have all that religious trauma training all that cult training that has been ingrained into you since the time you were born so it does come back to your brain it doesn't necessarily mean that you believe it or that it's true it's just it's how your brain has been programmed like those are the channels it has been programmed to take right that channel for me was like 
oh my god something bad happened to me so like everything bad happens to me because I do something wrong it was my fault I must have done something wrong aka I got sick because maybe I left Mormonism and that's what made me sick and Satan has a hold on my whole life now you know like it's so dramatic and it's so untrue and like genuinely I did not believe it not even at that time I was so much happier I I genuinely knew I was a happier person I did not believe that was true Um, but it did show me that like okay we've got some stuff coming up like here is some stuff that we can address and work on like old programming old self themes that are coming up and trying to push their way in Um, so this is about the time that I came crashing down. I got sick. My body just gave out. It was literally the first time I had probably been in like a real rest and digest phase for at least years. You know, like it was a culmination of my entire life. Um, so yeah, that that confirmation bias of like Mormon, you know, paths down my brain of the cult and, you know, Satan having control of me because I was ill all this stuff it was easy for me to maybe have like grasped onto that and like gotten scared thank goodness I had done like enough research and therapy work prior that like I didn't give into that I I didn't decide that was what I believed and that was the first step of me seeing very poignantly how to learn to trust in my own gut and to not allow all that gaslighting the cult brainwash in, you know, to, to just do what my intuition was telling me. And I do want to say, not everybody who participates in these cults, these religious practices, these high demand religions, not everyone is brainwashed, maybe at all or to the same degree, right? I'm talking about this because this was my experience. I was in this position where I felt like the brainwashing was really doing its shit on me. So this is a different undertaking, an understanding of of cult practices. Um, I'm, I'm not talking about those people who are choosing it. Like they can see through it and they choose it and they choose it and they choose it over and over again, even though they've had opportunities to see through it. I'm talking about the people who are under the undue influence. So it's not about whether or not the brainwashing is working on you personally. Like, I don't give a shit about that. (laughs) That's your own fucking problem. It's about whether or not the organization is using those brainwashing tactics, those cult practices on people. That is the moral wrong. That's the moral injustice that, um, I feel like I I want to speak out about. Um, And like I said, on my website, lots more resources and information on these particulars. Go to the Byte Model page. Uh, It is B-I-T-E, Byte Model. Um, It does, it's an acronym that does stand for like the ways in which you can technically be under occult influence. It is created by Dr. Stephen Hassan, and I do have a link on that page. I I talk all about it, and then I have a link on that page to go see Dr. Hassan's research. Um, I probably, 
I I was like not sure if I wanted to do this or not. I'm probably though, I'm gonna make another episode <laughs> just all about the bite model. Um, it can be its own podcast. It's it's intriguing. Um, whether you like, I would suggest everybody go look at it because you could apply it to something like I am, like my religion. I could even see it being applied to Christianity as a whole. Um, I see it being applied to politics and also to like this American society we've got going here. Like really like the tactics are more common than you would think. Um, that's just, that's just kind of like the humanity of us. <laughs> like we have, our brains are, are sensitive. Um, we're extremely intelligent beings. We have come a long way, but our brains are very sensitive and easily manipulated at times. So um, go look at that on the website and then also um, stick around because I think I'm going to do, I think I'm going to do another podcast about that. So uh, website, in case you were wondering, it should be in the bio, but it is www.beauty-seekers.com. And that is seeker with an S, multiple seekers, because we are all seeking beauty. Um, so you can find the page about EMDR. EMDR. Um, there's also uh, an experience there with EMDR that you can read into, see if it's a right fit for you. And then, like I said, I have the bite page and also some other resources like meditation and breathing techniques to help you learn how to calm down your fight or flight mode uh, in the moment, real time help. So um, yeah, let's let's head to those places. I hope that you find like some ways that you can help like work on calming your own nervous system down here and now because it can feel so scary to be in that place. It can feel so deterring to want to do anything else in life. You know, it can be hard to reach out to a therapist. It can be hard to to want to learn more about something that you're scared to learn more about. Um, but yeah, like I said, I I, I want that website. It's free resources. It's just, it's information that I've learned that I thought was helpful. And I, I really, truly hope it's helpful for you, somebody you know, maybe. Um, so please go ahead and listen to these episodes. Give the podcast a like. So that way there's more opportunity, more chance that it's going to find people who need to hear this information. Um, and I thank you very much for listening. I will see you next time. Bye. Bye.